Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. It's all about previews tonight. Doug Brown and his daughter, Sophia, 13-month-old daughter, makes a cameo. We talk about the Blue Bomber game against the Stamps coming up Friday night. Leah Hexall stops by her season debut on the sports show. She's going to the Heritage Classic Saturday. She has some thoughts on that, as well as the Jets' upcoming road trip as they try to clear what's wrong with them. And Jacob Smallwood of the Winnipeg Ice stops by to preview their game against the Saskatoon Blades. That's all coming up on the podcast. All right, let's just get to it. Zach Caleros is the starting quarterback for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as they are about 24 and a half hours away from kicking off against the Calgary Stampeders. And we welcome in the man who will be color commentating on the game tomorrow, Doug Brown. Doug, how are you doing tonight? Good. This is the first radio interview I've ever done with Wiggletown on in the background, but it's working so far, my friend. Wiggletown. <laughs> Wiggletown, yes. It's keeping somebody busy here. Good. Well, that's what we want. So when you found out that Zach Caleros would be the starting quarterback tomorrow, I'm sure you weren't surprised, right? No, it was it was hard to imagine a um, Chris Strebler returning to action so soon after the the kind of punishment what he exposed himself to in the in the first game against Calgary, and then obviously Sean McGuire. Um, all early reviews coming in about him are, are favorable, but he still has only thrown a, a grand total of two passes in the CFL. So, kind of makes a lot of sense to go with a guy that's that's thrown over two thousand. That's for sure. I love your daughter in the background. It's, oh, it's good. It's good. Uh, so, Caleros now, though, he hasn't thrown a pass uh, this season, technically. He had three snaps against Hamilton in week one, and uh, none of them were passes, two handoffs, and then he got hit on a run. Uh, so, he hasn't thrown a pass since last October in a real game. Do you think he'll be rusty? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very possible. And obviously, he's only had a couple weeks with this offense as well, and he's going up against, uh, you know, this isn't exactly like getting Toronto or Ottawa in, in for your first test. This is Calgary. This is a playoff team. This is a defending Grey Cup champion. So he certainly has the deck stacked against him. But, um, you know, it's uh, this is a game that you get to have another one afterwards. So, um, you know, I think the Bombers are obviously they'd, they'd like to have, you know, there's a fleeting possibility, a low percentage chance they could still have a home game. But for the most part, they're going to be on the road in, in week one in a couple of weeks. So you might as well give the guy that has a high probability of, of starting or, or participating in that game as many reps as possible, especially against an opponent. He probably could end up playing against again. Well, and you're right. The winning and losing Friday doesn't necessarily matter all that much. Really. You want to see that Zach Caleros can give you something that maybe Chris Strebler can't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's the funny thing about Zach Caleros is, uh, He's very, very similar to Matt Nichols in terms of, you know, how they operate, uh, how they're very good in a clean pocket, how they're quite accurate passers. Uh, They really benefit from, you know, uh, staying out of physicality. Uh, Neither one of them is going to run unless they have to for the most part. And uh, they're both uh, quarterbacks with tremendously high football IQs in my mind. So there's a lot to like about uh, him coming into an offense that Matt Nichols was able to run very, very well. So, I think if Zach Kolaris can stay healthy and he gets enough exposure to it, um, you know, you could see somewhat similar results to uh, to what Matt Nichols was able to accomplish in this Paul Apple system. Defensively, a couple changes. Chandler Fenner is out. Uh, Marcus Rios is out. They have Mike Jones and Mercy Maston coming in. Bo Levi Mitchell, but the big thing for him, he wasn't barely touched last week. What do the Bombers yeah. have to do to get more pressure on Bo? 
Yeah, it wouldn't matter if you had Deion Sanders in his prime if, uh, if Bully by Mitchell was all day to pick you apart, right? So it's funny. Um, they tried blitz him a couple times, and he automatically understood what was happening, and he threw the football in the right place at the right time to the right guy. So, you know, he's going to know where to go uh, with the ball if you're uh, sacrificing guys out of space to, uh, to add to the blitz. And then if you're just rushing four and his five or more, 50, 60, or 70 protection picks that up and, and you don't get home, then he's even, you know, he's going to be unrushed and more accurate and going through his progressions and understanding where the vulnerability of your, your coverage is. So it's a tough scenario. I think your best case is, you know, four on five for those guys to get home. And, and everyone knows the defensive line of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers is certainly talented enough um, to take over a game by themselves and exact pressure without sacrificing guys from coverage to add to that rush. So, the onus is really going to be on that front four and that rotation, probably front six of guys that rotate in and out to uh, take it upon their own shoulders to make Bo Levi Mitchell uh, very uncomfortable in that pocket because he was just surgical last game when he had ample time and uh, you know didn't really feel too much heat other than a few sacks. Because the reality is that may have been Willie Jefferson's quietest game in a Blue Bomber uniform. Yeah, and that's, that's no surprise either. I remember uh, very first play of the game, uh, I was watching, and, and Jackson Jeffcoat absolutely uh, got cracked by, uh, I think it was a back or a receiver. Somebody waggled in. I think it was a back, but he chipped He chipped uh, Jackson Jeffcoat. And when you're focused on rushing one player in front of you and you get hit from another player out of your periphery from a different angle, really catches you off guard. It can, they can really, uh, you can really get dumped as a defensive lineman when you don't see where that contact is coming from. And, and that was play one. So you can only imagine, uh, you know, if you review the tape and go through, if they hit Jackson Jeffcoat like that on snap one, I would imagine Willie Jefferson got just as much attention from extra blockers and, and multiple, uh, multiple offensive players coming at him in, in different sets and from different areas. With the bye week coming up next week, do you think, at first I thought it's kind of unfortunate they have it before the playoffs, but now I'm thinking it might not be a bad thing because teams want that bye before a playoff game and now they get one. Yeah, and for the most part, I would think after this week, they probably will have a pretty good idea of, of you know who they're going to play, knowing who the final opponents of Saskatchewan and Calgary are after, after, after this week. So it'll be, uh, you know, not only will it allow them to get healthy, and, uh, you know, get guys, maybe have some players return that uh, aren't feeling great right now, but should give them an extra week of, of preparation. The game plan against who their semifinal opponent uh, could be. And uh, there's one thing we've seen from Paul Apolise over the years is that if you give him a lot of time and he can come up, he can put his uh, genius pen to work. He can come up with some pretty elaborate things to outman people at the point of attack and uh, to really do well. Because the reality is whether they have to go to Calgary or whether they have to go to Regina, they've been real close in both those places this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's uh, going to be a tough game. It's going to be tough to go on the road. Um, but they've been very competitive at, at both of these destinations. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and like Sophia says here in the background, they could have uh, an excellent opportunity with the extra time and that extra week, not only from a health standpoint, but from a game plan preparation. Well, Doug, we'll let you go be a dad tonight. Appreciate your time, and we'll see you at the game tomorrow night. No problem, my friend. Thanks for having me on. <laughs>
Ah, uh, God bless him. Yes, uh, Doug, I asked him earlier today, can you be on the show? And uh, let me just pull up his response. He said, I'm solo with my 13-month-old tonight, so as long as you don't mind her squawking in the background. I think it was awesome. And then she wandered up to the microphone at the end and gave her two cents because, I mean, Doug Brown's daughter, she's going to know her football, right? <laughs> Heritage Classic, Winnipeg Jets in Regina Saturday night. And Leah Hextall will be there. And Leah makes her 2019-2020 CGOB Sports Show debut right now. Leah, how are you tonight? I'm, well, I'm nervous. I mean, it's my debut. I want to make sure that I, you know, keep it simple keep to my game and just, you know, stick to the game plan because I don't want to go outside of it just to make a strong debut like any good young hockey player would, right? I was going to say, it kind of sounded a little like Mark Shifley there, just spouting <laughs> out the cliches. Well, you know, they're cliches for a reason, as I always tell people. So we'll start with uh, the, the spectacle that is the Heritage Classic in Regina. First of all, how good is this for Saskatchewan to get this game? Oh, this is excellent. I mean, this is a fantastic hockey market. I've always spoke about it because I did start my career covering junior hockey in Brandon with the Wheat Kings. And Saskatchewan has four junior teams, and they really support it. In fact, I believe if the stat still stands, I know it was this way probably about five years ago, but per capita, Saskatchewan generates more NHLers than any other place in North America. So there you have it. Hockey runs deep in that province. And it's not just getting an NHL game. It's getting an outdoor game. And no matter what we think of them, because, yes, there are many of them now, the fact is for the market that it's in, it's special. And the outdoor games are about the fans, and Regina is being rewarded. And I think it's going to be interesting, Christian, because you have fans. It's not as if it was here in Winnipeg several years ago. It's, you know, right in the middle of Alberta and Manitoba. So it's going to be interesting to see the demographic and how many fans make up Mosaic Stadium when we head to Regina on Saturday. Well, I like the idea of a neutral site game like that, where you kind of have a blend. So there's always somebody cheering and there's always somebody booing. And then you have to fight the people around you to try to be louder. I like that idea. Well, think about it. You know, the NFL is the beast of a marketing machine that it is. And what does it do every year for its biggest game? It puts it at a neutral site. So there is something to be said about it. Absolutely. So uh, we had the game here in 2016. There were some glare issues, but uh, they're having it at night. It's an eight o'clock local start Saturday night. Do you like the idea of having it at night under the lights? You know, I honestly don't really think it matters as much because when it comes to an outdoor game, I, I love the idea of having it at that time from a fan perspective, but the fact is, is for the players' team's perspective is that the outdoor game is all about eliminating any excuses. It's going to be cold. It's going to be night. It's a bit of a different schedule as an 8 o'clock start time. And, but it's the same for both teams. So it truly is going to be for whatever team can eliminate those distractions and just go out and play. That's the team that's going to skate away with the points on Saturday night. Did you play a lot of outdoor hockey growing up? I did. You know, that was the only kind I played. I mean, I grew up and I'm, I'm older, but I'm not that old. But women's recreational hockey really wasn't a thing in my community. You still had to play with the boys or you played ringette. And so for me, a lot of my time, you know, playing any kind of hockey was on the rink that was just down the back lane. And I know how much you love your outdoor rink. <laughs> and we used to go there and we'd strap on the skates and have a stick. And of course, no helmets or face masks, but, you know, we'd whirl around and we'd be out there all night until, you know, traditionally as your mom and dad finally come out and say, it's time to come to bed. So 
Uh, I played a lot of outdoor hockey. I don't think I played it very well, but I played a lot of outdoor hockey growing up as a kid. Definitely in the prairies, Alberta, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, it's a lot bigger deal just because there are so many rinks because you can do it. You know, in Ontario, BC, it's a little harder to do depending on what part of the province you're in. Uh, But looking at this now, the idea of having it when it's not winter, this outdoor game, having it in October, you don't feel it as much as the nostalgia might indicate if it was in January, but if this was in January, it'd be really dang cold. Okay, so let's just talk about the weather for a second. It's going to be 17 beautiful degrees on Friday in Regina, and the next day during the day it drops to 1, and by the evening it's minus 6 with quite a wind chill. Of course chill. it so is. It's actually going to be pretty cold. So I'm, I'm packing tonight because I'm heading out tomorrow, and I was just like, okay, what am I going to wear? Like, how am I going to stay warm here? So because I am prepared for the fact that it is going to feel like a winter game out there. And, uh, you know, Saskatchewan, they say you can watch your dog run away for how many days before you have to go chase them. So I think that wind's going to probably be whipping if there's any of it. Are you driving or flying? I'm driving. I'm doing it old school. Um, I'm going as a fan to this game, which is something I've never had the experience of doing. I'm not working it. I'm simply going as a fan. I'm taking a friend of mine who's got a 40th birthday coming up, and we're going to head out to Regina and do the old road trip and stay the night and, you know, have a little bit of fun and enjoy the hockey game. And it is a spectacle, but at the same time, it's a game for the Winnipeg Jets who are not playing really good hockey right now. They've come off a homestand in which they did not play very good hockey. They have a lot of trouble scoring goals. And so they really need to use this road trip that comes as a part of this game to get back on track. This road trip, Christian, is going to really define the Winnipeg Jets, and that's how this team is looking at it. They didn't play well at home, picking up only one win on this homestand, and the Winnipeg Jets traditionally have been very strong on home ice. We think back to that season, 27-18, when they went to the Western Conference Final. They had the best home record in the Western Conference. They only had seven regulation losses. That is an incredible stat. I spoke about it on one of my Hexagon Hockeys because the fact of the matter is you're sitting in the Central Division, which is so strong. And any year, if you're going to be a playoff team, you got to go 500 on the road and you got to have about a 750 win percentage at home. And that's something the Jets have always counted on. And here they are struggling on home ice, but they have a chance to go on the road and get things done. I mean, perhaps their struggles have something to do with just some of the players that have been out of the lineup, but they've got to find a way to come together and earn the wins. And they have an opportunity here. I mean, they're playing against teams that besides Vegas, you know, some teams that aren't in the playoff mix right now haven't had strong season starts. Anaheim's been quite good, um, especially when, you know, it comes to not letting goals in. So they're going to have some challenges ahead, and it starts Saturday night. But this is their chance to get out there, come together, and figure out their game. Because that's something that I don't know about you, but I haven't seen, I don't know how to describe the Winnipeg Jets. I've always had the ability to look at them and talk about the brand of hockey. But this season, because it is a different roster, especially on that back end, as we spoke about so many times, I'm not quite sure who this Jets team is yet. And I'm looking forward to seeing this, hopefully, as they head out on their road trip. Well, at the start of the season, it was goals galore. And we saw this across the league. And we we do every year right at the start, a ton of scoring. But it definitely tapered off on both ends. They've done a little bit better job defensively. They haven't really been able to generate a lot of offense. Are they just focusing so much on protecting their own net because of that shambly decor that they aren't getting the chances on offense or is it just a matter of finishing here? 
Yeah, I actually would look at it the other way. I don't think that the forward group and the team is playing enough of a five-man unit defense. I'm a big believer in hockey that your offense comes from strong team defense. You, The ability in your own zone to grab that puck and be able to transition it out, and I don't think I've actually seen enough from the forward core. I have to say, the captain, Blake Wheeler, I was there at the game on Sunday night against Edmonton, and I felt like, you know, I almost wondered if he was hurt. He's not, but he just didn't have it. And that's strange to say for Wheeler. He actually, as we saw, Christian, we were sitting beside each other. He slammed that door several times after it was a power play, and he just threw the puck out of their zone, and they had to retreat. Just uncharacteristic plays by some of the players up front. And, you know, that could be telling to the fact that this is a different year. A lot of players are trying to curb their game a bit because of the back end. But I think they're going to have to get used to the fact that this is the new normal for the Jets. This is their new reality. There's no grand savior coming for their defense. They're going to have to play team defense. And that means that the forward core up front is going to lack some goals. And it also means that Connor Halibut's going to have to be strong. And he has been really good over the past few games. He has been, and it hasn't been enough because we're not getting enough goals. But you said no grand savior coming, so no Dustin Bufflin coming? Well, you know, it's interesting because we keep hearing this rumor mill, right? You know, it's one day he's, it's about, it looks like he's going to retire the next day he wants to come back. I have heard that he does want to come back, but he's not ready to come back. And I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means because he hasn't been training maybe necessarily all summer the way he should, because perhaps he didn't have the want that he normally does, that maybe he's not game ready. I really don't know what that means, but I would say that I don't feel comfortable having an opinion about whether or not Dustin Bufflin is going to come back because, quite frankly, I don't know. And this is a situation that's being held very close to the vest, and I don't want to speculate on it. Mm -hmm. The only thing I can say is that I've been told 110% is that this is about whether or not he wants to play the game. There's nothing else going on. They are telling us the clean truth about this he's not injured it's nothing like that but that's you know that's what I have heard that it really is just a situation that he doesn't know if he wants to play but I did hear a couple weeks ago that the fact is he wants to come back so I'm not quite sure what's stopping him but you know those would be the inner workings of whatever is going on in Jets land right now and I'm not completely clear on what that situation is and I have to say Christian is you have to wonder You know, I know the team, if he decides to come back tomorrow and steps on the ice, everyone's going to welcome him back with open arms. But at some point, does the relationship become fractured? Because, you know, we're all adults. And if I decided that I wanted to retire, my company would not sit there and let me decide for months on end. They'd have to look at me and say, we need you to make a decision because we have other people here that we're concerned about. And those people are also the Jets fans, and they deserve to know whether or not he's coming back and whether or not there's some cap room that maybe the Jets can go out there and try to do something. Very, very truly. I appreciate your time tonight, and uh, we'll let you go pack for the road trip. Thank you. I'm hoping that maybe Mother Nature helps us a little bit. But, you know, there's always, like, this beverage situation that could help warm me up a little bit, too. So we'll wait and see. All right. Have fun. <laughs> you too. Thanks. All right. So, how have you adjusted to life in Winnipeg, Manitoba, so far? Um, everything's going well here. You know, I'm I'm loving it here. Um, my billets here are awesome. Um, you know, Winnipeg's a great city. It's a great city for sports, and uh, I'm adjusting well so far. How different is life here compared to a place like Cranbrook, BC? 
it's very different. You know, Cranbrook is a it's a smaller place. Um, you know, everybody knows everybody type of thing. And uh, coming here to a bigger city, you know, there's a there's a lot of pressure, especially coming into a new place. And uh, I think it, it's going well so far. Um, it's, it's a big city, and uh, I'm enjoying it so far. From a billet perspective, are they for your teammates as well? Kind of located all over the city, or do they have to be close to the rink and close to Jasper as well? Well, you know, we're kind of all over the place. We have people in uh, LaSalle, Oak Bluff, you know, just southern Winnipeg pretty much. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we're kind of all over the city. Some people are 20 minutes and some people are 10 minutes from the rink. But we still find a way to hang out with each other all the time and uh, we spend time with each other as much as we can. Just you personally, how do you think your season has gone so far? Um, personally, I, I got off to a slow start, but, uh, honestly, we, we've been going better here lately. I, um, 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 offensively, I've been doing better over the last couple games here and, uh, hopefully I can carry the momentum going into the, the next coming weeks here. How important was it for your team after a couple, well, you were shut out a couple times at home to get on the right track in your home barn last weekend? I think that's huge for us, you know, like, uh, just for even the fan base, you know, it, it's great for us to win and uh, for fans to experience a win with us at the same time, especially uh, our first win at home. It's uh, it's awesome for us to finally have some success at home. And, uh, you know, we uh, we played Saskatoon twice and we got them one more time here coming up on Friday in Saskatoon. So I'm looking forward to that again. Now, the fact that you only have one game this weekend, normally you have two games, sometimes even three in a weekend, but to have just one, how is that maybe different in your preparation? Yeah, it's it's not, it's not a, yeah, the odds of this happening isn't very high. You know, uh, I've, in the year and a half I've played so far in the Western League, I've never had just one game on the weekend, but I think um, for preparation, I think everything's just got to be the same. Um, stick to your routine and what you got to do. And uh, um, one game, three games, um, you got to prepare the same every every day and uh, for every game. But let's say, you know, a couple weekends ago, you had Friday, Saturday, Sunday games. Knowing that you only have the one game Friday, is it easier to empty the tank? Well, yeah, it, it's easier to empty the tank. Um we gotta we gotta bring it to every game. We gotta give it all our every every game. But uh, knowing that we have only one game this weekend, we gotta we gotta put everything out there and uh, and play like it's a it's a playoff game and just just battle our uh, battle as hard as we can. Who has stood out amongst your uh, your teammates so far this season? Um, local kid, um, local kid here in Winnipeg, Carson Lambos. You know he's a He's a 16-year-old defenseman just coming into the league, and he's he's doing very well for us so far. He plays in uh, all situations for us, and uh, he's putting up uh, good points offensively, and he's having a great season so far. And what about the play of the uh, two Europeans that came in, Michael Tepley and Nito Kinder? Yeah, you know they're they're both huge for our team. Um, Michael Tepley, he's a uh, He's got a great shot, and he can uh, he can release the puck really well, and uh, he's very good offensively. Same with Nino. Nino's awesome for our team. He's a good two-way centerman, and uh, they both fit in well for our team. So I'm really excited for the upcoming future here. And what has the return of Jesse McKay and the crease meant for your team? 
Uh, Jesse's huge for our team. You know, last year he was a, a big part of our team, and uh, um, him being a 17-year-old last year and our, and our starter, that that was big for him. And uh, him coming into his uh, 18-year-old season right here, he's uh, in the three and a half games he's played so far, he's been absolutely unbelievable, and uh, uh, he's going to keep uh, progressing, and he's going to be a huge role play a a huge role for us in the future you having an a on your sweater now how does that change how you feel about your leadership role on the team um you know i've a team uh, without an a uh, i just don't change anything i i uh, my leadership is how i off the ice just gonna stay the same with or without an a so um, obviously, it's special. It's an honor to wear a uh, A on my jersey, but uh, I just I just keep working on and off the ice, and uh, hopefully keep having success. And this is just a semantic thing, but is it assistant captain or alternate captain? What's the right term? Um, I've heard both things, but uh, I I say assistant captain. Um, some people may say alternate captain, but uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. Okay, I say assistant, so okay, we're on the same page there. Um, so, last question, just what do you like most about the bus rides that you take? Honestly, the bus rides is all about connecting with your teammates, you know. Um, you know, it, it, it's and bus rides have huge memories and long-lasting memories. Um, sitting on the bus for... Uh, 10 plus hours you have that much time to connect with your teammates and uh just talk and uh i think it's great for that well jake and i appreciate your time good luck this weekend and uh good luck through the rest of the season as well thank you very much appreciate it tune into the cgob sports show weeknights from seven to nine with me christian omel or you can download the podcast on itunes it's actually on itunes now wow If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?